Gab and Girl Time contains explicit sexually mature themes and is intended for a mature audience. The opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of any platforms, sponsors, or social media. Well, I got the <laughs> Target seasonal bird uh, advent oh. calendar where it has the little pockets and then you can put in a bird every, you know, every day. So, but I love it so much. I've already put the birds in there. <laughs> <laughs> They're so fucking cute. You know, you can celebrate your holiday however you want. And I will. <laughs> Boom. We have a guest today. We do. I'm and I can excited. already tell you, this is going to be an amazing episode. Hi. Hi. You want to introduce your friend? I will. Gail? I met this person when I first started doing comedy um, at Side Splitters. Side Splitters. The now defunct, demolished <sighs> Knoxville Side Splitters. After that, it was and the soup kitchen. What? <laughs> Since then. It was before then. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know it's been it, torn the down. The last thing it ever was yeah. was side splitters, and then they tore the whole effing thing down. Yep, they demolished it. Did it have they mold? Done. <laughs> done, done. It was wild. No, the land was worth a lot of money to yeah. the hospital. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, I know. It's sad. <laughs> it is. It is. But then she was amazing, so she went down south for a while, came back up here, while to Chattanooga, to the Comedy Catch, and now she is, uh, you know, just a famous producer with, oh my uh, god, FHC, isn't it? FHC, yes, and uh, she's amazing, she's handling... uh, some excellent talent that people are getting to know and she's an excellent talent someone i admire in the game very much and i'm happy to call my friend bridget martin that was so much wasn't that a good intro i I thought it was never gonna end i'm blushing i was like keep going (laughs) (laughs) i have so many accomplishments according to her (laughs) yes we've met before it's (laughs) been a long long time though um, yes. Different circumstances. We won't talk about that. Yeah, I guess there was. Um, I'm not privy to all of the circumstances. So I'll tell you after the show. OK. <laughs> but yes, we met uh, in another time. Yeah. In another dimension. Yes. So what's going on? Take me back to them humble beginnings. Oh, my gosh. Because Which... I want to know. I want to know all about your life. OK. Um, starting. I mean, whenever I want, just whenever I feel yeah, like my where life you from? started. You know, when did you start getting into comedy? Oh, man. I, mean, I grew up in Tampa, Florida. My family moved there from Long, Long Island. Long, Long Island. Island. New York. That's New my, York. Mm-hmm, my family. 
Uh, they so we moved to Tampa, Florida, and that's where I grew up. I graduated high school from there and attempted to go to college there, um, but did not finish. Was there a big, um, uh, Long Island type community in Florida? Uh, that, yes, was but I guess not necessarily in Tampa. Yeah, I guess they uh, like West Palm. Like I, it just depends on. We were everywhere. But I, f- I feel like I just meet people from Long Island everywhere. <laughs> we are everywhere. Um, but it's weird because that's where I, I spent a majority of my youth. So I identify as being from Tampa, which is where I got my comedy start as well. Nice. Florida mm-hmm. transplant mm-hmm. as well. Are you? Yeah, I was from the Midwest. And then, <laughs> then went to Florida, and then to, from Florida to here. I thought you were saying Midwest Florida. I'm like, I don't know. I don't where know that, that is. is. <laughs> <laughs> no, Pensacola. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Pensacola is nice. I like Pensacola. Yes, I like it too. <clears throat> Which, if you think about it, it is kind of Midwest mm-hmm. Florida. You right? Well, yeah, they call it Northwest Florida. Yes, Pensacola. Is, so yeah. yeah, it's wild up there. <laughs> it's a different. Breed. Very. It's very interesting. I didn't know that about Florida until I started doing comedy because I would go down to the panhandle and I was like, oh, this isn't the Florida that I know. <laughs> Tampa's a little more metropolitan. Well, I mean, yes. you got <laughs> slightly. You got, you got your Mississippi and your Alabama and your Georgia mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. there. So yeah. the mixture of all that. Oh, and a plus mixture the, it is. <laughs> yes. Then the base. So then you have that. As yeah. well. I, you know, you talk about Pensacola all the time. I would have been, I was a military whore anyway. Oh. I would have been just hog wild. Yeah. If I had have, lived yeah. there. It wasn't they a. They have the, the Air Force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Pensacola has the Navy. The Blue Angels are from there. They have uh, NAS Pensacola is still a base today that's active so yeah it's a lot and the air force at fort walton Mm -hmm. and then they still are right there you know i mean they used to have another base there quarry station years and years ago so it's a lot of different people there but i have no i mean i haven't lived there in almost 20 years it's coming up because they're all kind of assholes now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tampa was MacDill Air Force Base. was in Tampa. Yeah. So that's where I, um, that was the military exposure I had there. Uh, but it's coming up now to where I've lived in East Tennessee area longer than I've lived in Tampa. Yeah. So it's kind of weird because now where am I from? Wherever you want. I've lived here. I moved out here when I was 19, mm-hmm. and I've definitely lived here a lot longer. So, is this my home? Right. Where are you from? East Tennessee now? Yeah. Yeah. It is a weird dynamic, isn't it? Yeah. I'm so, I don't know how to yet, answer that almost. question. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't really know where I'm from. <laughs> yeah. True facts. So, when did you know that you were going to, That how did you know you were funny? Oh, man. Um, well, I guess I've always been funny, but I... 
when I started working in comedy, it was actually behind the scenes. I was in college and I was looking for another job because I was a copy editor for the newspaper at the USF Oracle. Go Bulls. Mm. Uh, but I needed more money because I was not living at home and um, still trying to pay for my way through college. And that was just a nightmare. <laughs> It was a nightmare. I don't really have that many student loans, though. I mean, I still have some, but not as much as other people have. Um, but still, oh, my God. It was so expensive trying to do that. So I got another job, and it was between this job at a comedy club making promotional phone calls or working at a adult toy store. So choices, choices. Yeah. Do you do I, both? Well, no, I took the <laughs> comedy club job because it paid 50 cents more per hour. Oh, well, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. And I still wasn't over $8 an hour. <laughs> I was just like, well, I got to take that because I need every penny I can get. Imagine how different my life would be if I was slinging boners back then. Right. I don't know where I'd be now. With back a really Florida. hefty investment <laughs> portfolio. and Oh, yeah. You know, I'd probably be way better off. <laughs> Fairly decent home. Yeah. Yeah. I Plus, you're always funny. If you're naturally of. funny, <laughs> you're always going to be funny, whether you're funny for one person or a whole crowd. Funny of for the masses, which is what I want. <laughs> right. Um, but I worked behind the scenes for a very long time. Um, I helped run the club that I worked for in Tampa and they expanded and opened another location in Knoxville which is what brought me to East Tennessee and when that location closed I did not want to go back to Florida so I stayed and got another job working for Publix mm. <sighs> the Tiffany's of grocery stores <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that brought me to Chattanooga and then I was like, I really don't like working for corporate America. Uh, and comedy was kind of becoming more of a thing for me as a performer because I started performing once the club was when I didn't have to run it anymore. Then I was like, OK, now I can try and do this. It's because of my ex-husband, actually. He was a comedian. <sighs> Really? Never, never marry within <laughs> your social circle. Oh my God, it was the worst. <laughs> I did not realize, but yeah, I can't imagine. He, um, everybody thought that he was the worst. <laughs> I don't know. You know, um, Nick Offerman and, uh, shit, her name escapes Amy me right Poehler. now. No, who he's married to. Fuck. Karen from Will and Grace. It'll come to me. Megan McGalley. Yes. Mm. They're both, you know, comedic figures, and they work f quite well together. But I guess maybe stand-up comedy is a little different within that. Well, he, we were we were together when I was still working in a uh, background capacity, like for the club. So I was not a performer at the mm -hmm. time. He was, and he was like the kind of performer who like performed outside of his marriage you know like kind of thing yeah. so <laughs> it was not devastating <laughs> at all <laughs> um bridget are we the same person because <laughs> i'm i'm like so triggered oh right no now. <laughs> don't be triggered <laughs> but it's actually what got me on stage yeah was this divorce because it 
crippled me as a person. So you had to turn it into fucking jokes yes. in order to survive. Yes. I get it. And um, and I had played with writing jokes because I tried to write them with my husband, but he wouldn't use the jokes that I wrote for him because how dare he be funny? <laughs> 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 like everybody was like, he's so terrible. <laughs> but um, so it was liberating to get on stage and like talk about my divorce. Uh, and it also took the sting out of it. Every time I said it on stage mm-hmm. and talked about it, it like made it less traumatizing for myself. Mm-hmm. And people laughed at it, which made me feel good about myself. And um, and it just transformed me as a person to be the entertainer instead of the producer. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I discovered a lot of things about myself. <laughs> which is awesome. Because, yeah. you know, it sucks when you have somebody in the same capacity and they don't get out of their own way to let mm-hmm. you... Or encourage you or Yeah, and that's uh that's like a running theme in my life. <laughs> to attract those people. <laughs> yes. I'm cold. Can I either go to my car and get my coat or <laughs> use your coat? Yeah, I mean if you want to put my coat on or I can see if the heater is around here. It's just me. Just, just sit in furs. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanna like Yours is a lot heavier than mine. Like, is yours an actual? No, it's just a really good fake. Mine is. That's why I wanted to make two a coat and a stole out of it because I'm pretentious. <laughs> okay, so. I feel so much better. Thank you. I did win or placed last night. Yes, Monday Night Madness. You should have won, and I feel bad because I should have tied those into your hair. Will you stop? Well, we can talk about that later. It's just one of those things. I mean, you know. But she's internalizing what happened last night. Uh, yes. So, All right, so you got divorced. I did. And uh that just led to your uh self-discovery. Yes, it was a whole new world, you know, and I just ran with it. Um all the way to Chattanooga, public transferred with <laughs> me. And, um as I became more involved in comedy, I became less involved in publics and um, just kind of started to delve more into the performance part and traveling more and working on my craft and uh, just having the most fun uh, I've had arguably <laughs> in my life. So <laughs> it was a, a great time. That's awesome. Yes. Then what happened? Tragedy struck. (laughs) (laughs) Where did this go down? Uh, In Chattanooga, Tennessee. Were you, did you know, were you feeling bad a lot or were you just? I was. So for three years I had been dealing with like pain in my abdomen area. Not necessarily my stomach or my kidneys or anything. It was just all over. And it was, um. To the point where I couldn't even stand up straight. And I had went to the emergency room a couple of times for this. And the first time they just said it was acid reflux. And um, I was like, okay. So they're like, so you need to take, um, you know, Tums, all these things, whatever, you know. And I was like, okay. And then it's still happening. And so I go to the emergency room again. And they're like, all right, you're going to drink this um, Miralax and lidocaine. And if it stops hurting, then it's because you have an ulcer. And I was like, okay. 
So I did that. It stopped hurting. And so they're like, okay, you just have an ulcer. So you need to stop spicy foods. You need to stop um, fried foods and, you know, these kind of things. And I'm like, okay, all right. And uh, leading up to me getting sick, I was um, starting to lose a lot of weight, like rapidly. I used to weigh like... uh, 260 something pounds you know okay and I'll when you came in I did not recognize you because I do remember you mm-hmm. being larger oh yeah and, and you uh, I was that, like oh my in. gosh fine. she looks great but then she tells me yeah. why yeah. you look so great yeah you because know. like I'm dying <laughs> <laughs> and it was um it was awful I lost uh, more than 100 pounds and I'm like obviously it's not normal but was it because you were cutting out those those particular kind of foods that and do carry a lot I of thought. calories? Or that's what I thought. Yeah. Because also leading up to like probably about a month before I went to the hospital, I took my last alcoholic beverage because drinking alcohol was making me feel sick. So I thought it was just like because I had been gradually stopping how much alcohol I drank because it just wasn't making me feel good and I was cutting out soda and stuff like that because it wasn't making me feel good and so I thought like my weight loss was just because of this diet change and then I one day um May 1st it was the uh start of a huge month for me I had booked myself out I was going to new cities like I had like five or six new cities on my calendar for the month of May and I was uh, featuring at my home club in Chattanooga for like, it's really hard for me to get feature work there because of a variety of reasons. <laughs> and I felt like garbage. I had done my set the night before and just didn't do well because I couldn't like, I just didn't have the energy and I just felt so tired. And then I called out of work the next day and then I called the club and I'm like, I can't, I can't come tonight. I feel like crap. And I slept all day. And then my partner just thought I was being lazy and was just being, you know, sleeping, you know, just being a lazy dick. And so Sunday I'm like, I really don't feel well. Like, I think I need to go to the hospital or something. And so I went to um, the emergency room and they were doing all these tests on me and stuff and found that I was like internally bleeding. And they're like, we're going to go ahead and admit you. And I'm like, I was just really trying to get out of work, you know, <laughs> like, like, OK, if you're going to admit me. So I get admitted. They're like sticking me with all these things. and I have no idea what's happening. And they're telling me that, like, something's going on in your abdomen and we haven't quite figured it out yet. And they're bringing in this doctor and he's telling me it has to do with my liver. And my liver's failing. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is awkward. Like, okay, cool. So what do we do now? And he's like, well, we, we're going to do this really invasive procedure where we put a stint in your artery to open it up and allow blood flow. And then I just barfed up five liters of my own blood onto the floor. <laughs> and he's just standing there like, what? <laughs> and my partner and her mother were standing there and they're like do something what's happening and at this point i'm just like delirious Mm -hmm. uh i don't know because you've lost all the blood in your body yeah like basically um so what had been happening was my liver um 
I have stage three liver disease and I have cirrhosis of the liver and the scar tissue is so bad that it clogged up the portal vein in my liver. So blood cannot flow normally through it, which blood flows through your liver to like, mm-hmm. you know, Fungible. remove the toxins yeah. and do all that stuff. So the way they explained it that I could best understand was um, that's the main highway for the blood. So since it couldn't go that way, it was looking for um, the side streets, like my esophagus. So all the veins in my esophagus were filling up with blood, and then it was also bleeding into my stomach. Um, And then my stomach had holes in it because of the ulcers that I did have. (laughs) And I was just bleeding everywhere, and it just all came out at once. And it was terrifying. and they're just like lifting me up on the bed and like transferring there. Like it, it was wild. Cause I, I didn't know really what was happening. And, um, did you black out? Um, I guess kind of, because I don't really have full recollection of everything that happened. I just remember just, just being like, no, <laughs> like I'm so close to dying, but I can't tell them to not save me because I didn't have the power. I was like, couldn't speak. And so they're doing everything they can to save me, but I don't want them to. (laughs) (laughs) Like this sucks. Um, What did they end up doing? Putting in the stent and, or well, uh, first they did blood transfusions. I had seven blood transfusions that day. And then they had to monitor my blood levels. Um, They ended up doing an emergency procedure. I had to be transferred from Chattanooga to Birmingham because the doctor was like wanting to do this real invasive procedure, but he also wasn't like able to explain to us 100% what was going on. Like we didn't understand what was happening. And so this other doctor came in and he's like, I'm going to be honest with you you need more help than we can offer you here and you should go to a specialist. I would recommend either Vanderbilt or UAB in Birmingham, just not here. He's like, I don't think that you need this procedure. I think that's a, the wrong move, but he's like, but I don't know what the next move is. So don't. (laughs) And I was like, that's good enough for me. Let's get me out of here. And I thought that we could just like, I could be put in the car, like, and we could drive to the hospital. No, <laughs> no, you got a helicopter ride, didn't you? No, an no. ambulance ride. Oh, two hour ambulance ride to Birmingham and they got lost. Oh, um, they oh had to gosh. stop and get gas. <laughs> I was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and they were not talkative at all. Because I'm trying to have a conversation. Okay, so you're telling me your comedy <laughs> career did not warrant you a helicopter ride. <sighs> you would think. You know, I feel like the hospital in Chattanooga didn't know who they were dealing with. Exactly. If she had attained the goals that she set for oh this my coming gosh. year, then, yeah, they would have choppered her right on down. They would have. If I had gotten through May, my God, that was the worst part of it all. Is this of this year? May of this 2021. year? 2021. Okay. 2021. So May of 2021. And so like, as this is all happening, I'm being brought back to life, which I do not want. My partner is in the process of canceling all of those gigs that I worked so hard <laughs> to book. Like it takes 
so much time to book things, you know, mm-hmm. as an entertainer. <laughs> so it yes. was undid, undone in just like a, a matter of moments. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I could have made that show. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, her mom is like, I don't think you understand what's happening right now. And I'm like, I do. And I'm like, uh, so if I'm going to be alive, then I'm going to continue to, you know, do my comedy. <laughs> Very unreasonable. I was in the hospital for two weeks um, after I was transferred to UAB in Birmingham where they did a surgery to put glue in my stomach to glue up the holes. And then they put rubber bands around my esophagus. They're called esophageal varices where um, the veins in your esophagus bleed too much. So they put rubber bands on them to keep the blood flow from going over what they should yeah and so it's like training those veins to go back down and let the blood process as normally as it can Uh, so I've had that done four times I'm having it done again in February um is that a liposcopic I I know I'm not saying that right endoscopy Okay. So they go down my mm-hmm. throat um, with like a uh, endoscopic equipment to go into my stomach and my esophagus and do all the fun things. And I get to sleep so hard <laughs> because they knock you out. And I love it. <laughs> like, can we get to that part real quick? <laughs> um, so that's twice a year. Although the last time I went, they said they could back it up to every nine months because it's responding well so now it's just a matter of like maintaining um my body uh i'll I'll eventually have to have a transplant because the liver just doesn't function Mm -hmm. um but i can extend that for the next like five to ten years well i guess now it's four to nine years um (laughs) (laughs) so somewhere in that range will probably be like when i have to enter that phase of this yeah can you turn that down um like you know i mean i suppose like i could be like no i don't want to transplant and then i'll just die from liver failure yeah which would suck right um like i you don't want to not die right but at the same time like i do want to die but at the same time like does it have to be drawn out (laughs) so long yeah you don't necessarily um so that's kind of frustrating and that's what i that's what i'm kind of getting at like is it is it worth it well and i mean like i could just like not take the medications that i take to maintain my body right now and just but you don't want to be in pain right either so that's and so I assume, like, as my liver continues to deteriorate, the pain is probably going to get worse because things are not going to be able to function properly. Um, but there's also, like, <laughs> one of my favorite parts is uh, ammonia buildup in my brain is a problem because of the fact that my liver can't do, like, what it's supposed to do. So I'm... Uh, what are they it's called hepatic encephalopathy where like basically my brain like stops working and I forget things mm-hmm. <laughs> so like if that like can cause me to die if I do, if it goes unchecked so oh, yeah. when you say forget things 
do you mean like just memory things or you actually forget how to do like a bodily function eventually that would be the point um if it's not detect you know like detecting it early is as simple as as stupid things like i've like leaving my keys in the fridge or something like that yeah and so it just progresses from there and um but if you catch it early then you can kind of like stave off the the end result um and that's fun. I get to drink this stuff. It's called lactulose. <laughs> and it's like fake sugar. That's all it. I, and I drink that. And it, it releases the. It's disgusting. It's. I mean, it's really not the worst okay. stuff I've ever had to take. <laughs> but it's not pleasant because it's so sweet mm-hmm. and gross. But it makes me like um, get rid of the ammonia in my in my body. How often and, do you um, have to drink that? Well, technically, I'm supposed to do it four times a day. <laughs> but I just do it when I'm feeling kooky. <laughs> so I feel like I'm just being extra forgetful. <laughs> Got to clear out that ammonia. Yeah, because... You know, <laughs> so at least do it like when you wake up and go to bed where you get to it. I can. and But the problem <laughs> is the way that the ammonia releases from your body is one of two ways. It's either through farting or pooping. So, like, it will either, like, cause me to have, like... Yeah, real bad gas. Yeah, really bad gas or <laughs> really bad other. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's just, like... Really? Like, I just don't want to be farting all the time. Like, I can hear my roommate cough, you know? Like, right. if I'm just blowing ass all night, I feel like that'd be weird. And I don't want to do it in the office either. So, right. like I said, when I get kooky, like, I'm just going to suffer that night. Oh, my gosh. Are you writing your book right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like... I've had enough chapters in my life to where I probably would have an interesting one. Um, I was writing a blog for a little while. It was called the Monday Night Recap. And it was like about my dating life after divorce because it was wacky. (laughs) It was here in Knoxville, which Knoxville is kind of a hot spot for me. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I can't come here without causing trouble. (laughs) Yeah, tell us us about your dating life in Knoxville. Oh, my God. I got (laughs) wild and crazy here. Do I know most of them? Oh, my God, probably. I've had (laughs) sex with way too many people in Knoxville. (laughs) Um, I started um, doing open mic comedy was how I got my start, like everybody does. Um, And one of the comedians that I dated was, he's a great guy. Great yeah. guy. He's a mess, but aren't we all, you know? Um, but I have my time with him. <laughs> and then there were some others that I'll I'll leave their names out. <laughs> but I was just, I was popular. She's like, uh-uh. Oh, my God, yes. Everybody has. Who hasn't? Oh, my God. I have not. So. Mm-hmm. Wild time. But I'm also not in that particular scene. Oh, firecracker. <laughs> He is. He's also a mess. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a, you know. He's a mess, yeah. He's a, going back just got a little a good bit. Heart. Did did you realize did they determine the cause of your liver failure? Um, so when they diagnose you, it goes one of two ways. If you've ever had a drink in your life, they tell you that it's from alcohol. Yeah. Because they can't yeah. say 
definitely one way or the other. Yeah. Unless you've never had a drink. Then it's just um, predisposed type thing. Fatty liver that develops into cirrhotic liver. Um, but it's, I mean, it's also other diet things. Like, I mean, I also drank a lot of soda. And I took a lot of ibuprofen mm-hmm. and I would take ibuprofen and drink and I would drink a bottle of wine and take a hydrocodone so I could pass out at night and fall asleep. You know, those things all together, like processing through my liver didn't help. So I was just abusing my body. Mm. This Well, this is what I wonder because I take a lot of supplements mm-hmm. and uh, and I do edibles and we don't know the the ramifications of that in the future and i would imagine that my liver goes through a lot and i don't drink alcohol anymore um Um, alcohol rarely my goodness i was so surprised um to learn how it affects your body as a woman Mm -hmm. because i didn't i don't know if i was just being ignorant you know, or whatever. But I just, I don't remember learning that it affects women differently. And so for every bottle of wine I was drinking, it was actually two on my liver, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, oh man, (laughs) because there were nights where I had two bottles of wine, you know, and some shots and, you know, and they say that that's not reversible though. Cause I had always read that if up to a point, if you stop and you start, you know, doing all the right things that you can reverse that. Mm-hmm. You can up to a point. Mm-hmm. Mine's beyond that. <laughs> I really went to town on this liver. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have it. <laughs> but also, like, I mean, they tell you not to drink and take hydrocodone together. But I didn't think it was because it was causing my liver to fail. You know, like it was going to cause that. Yeah. I just wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> and I knew that if I did that, I would. But then I started having a lot of pain in my body and I was popping ibuprofens because I couldn't get any relief. And it was just so frustrating to keep going to doctors and then then be like, no, it's just the ulcers. It's just of your here. Take some, you know. Yeah. Malox and some lidocaine. Lidocaine. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm under the impression they don't know shit. No, they don't. And well, they didn't do any diagnostic testing, did they? And it's really not really no. And it's really hard to be an advocate for yourself when you don't know what's. I don't know how a liver works. How am I supposed to tell these people what they're doing is wrong or not? I don't know. I mean, I'm so. But now I have to be a little more like. You know, I go to some doctors and they'll prescribe me something that can't mix with the several other medications that I take, you know, Mm -hmm. and they have all those medications I provided at check in and they verify it with me when I get there. So I know that, you know, that I take these, but they'll prescribe me these things that could cause further damage to my liver or, um, you know, they'll, you don't find that out until the pharmacist tells you that. No, actually, I won't take any prescriptions from my general practitioner until I do some research and ask my um, specialist. So he's in Birmingham and like I drive two hours to go see mm-hmm. him twice a year so he can check me out and make sure I'm doing OK, because mm-hmm. he was the only person that I spoke to that could like break it down for me in a way that I could understand what was happening to me because Nobody like they're speaking another language to me and I'm like trying to understand what is happening. (laughs) And they're just and he was the only person that like, 
it clicked and I understand I'm like okay I understand what's happening I understand what has to happen next and like what the pro- like what's happening you know I get it now all right we're all on the same page <laughs> what's the biggest change in your diet <laughs> <laughs> the no alcohol was a huge thing I had already stopped drinking prior to being hospitalized because like I said it like I was so sick um mm-hmm. that it was just making me sick to drink and I used to drink so much so but I still miss it like I still want to drink because I miss that uh and that sucks but that's all right um (laughs) but then also I have a low sodium Mm -hmm. is a thing because it takes like pressure off your heart Mm -hmm. and the pumping of the blood and all that stuff so I had to be really careful about my sodium intake which is um really difficult the amount of sodium that I can have in one day is the equivalent of sodium in a um, Chick-fil-A number one breakfast meal. <laughs> it's like 1,500 milligrams of sodium that's all in that one meal. And that would be all I could have all day as far as that's sodium. Wild. Um, and so like just putting it in terms like that, like made me realize like how much sodium I was consuming. Like you don't think about those things until you have to. And All then, of us do. Oh if you imagine what's in processed foods, it's so bad. And you were talking about alcohol. This is what the new revolution is mm-hmm. going to be. People are tired of, of these companies. Well, and they're tired because of these companies. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's all the. We say it all the time. I'll say it this time. It's all the programming and to make us dumb mm-hmm. and to make us yeah, fat and stupid. Yeah. 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 Keep and them poor. Keep them fat. Yes. Keep them stupid. And eating all of that garbage will do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it literally is taking life away from you. And um, it's weird to try and like maintain these things considering I don't have that will to live but I do have the will to say that that's not how I want to go out you know what I mean right like I don't want to I don't want this to be like a long painful process you know if I'm gonna die it just needs to happen it's definitely a DNR and then just live life yeah and so I'm willing to a point to do so I'm like okay a diet sure why not I can do that it's difficult it is so hard like it I don't go out anywhere near as, as much as I used to so and how do you get your body to like i i can't do it i cannot do it right now i have tried over and over and over and it is so hard to do i still have issues yeah so and and that's what they want Mm -hmm. they want you to be addicted to it so Mm, i am how have you kind of i guess you just had to but how have you staved off that addiction no to those foods <laughs> I'm still addicted to those foods yeah. I don't eat them anywhere near as much as I used to so it's more of like a treat for me and mm-hmm. I do have like periods of time that I go through where I'm not doing like I was actually kind of worried about my last checkup because I n- knew I had not been doing great on my diet um, but at the same time like I have been doing better on other things like I'm only drink water like I'm not Mm -hmm. drinking soda I'm not drinking all this other garbage and taking my medications and you know just trying to like take care of my body in other ways like I still need to have something you know what I mean like let me have food so I do have my moments where and those moments last 
as long as they're going to last where the diet <laughs> isn't at the forefront of my mind. But I mean, how's your mental health? Oh, my mental health is absolutely done. <laughs> it does not exist. Like, is it healthy? No. <laughs> I go to therapy, which uh, shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. It was weird because when I first was like presenting with liver failure and they were like, okay, this is what's happening. And I almost died before I got to leave that hospital. They had set up an appointment for me at the local, um, crazy hospital (laughs) because I had this near death experience. And I guess it was protocol for them to set up this appointment for me to get help because I almost died. And then, um, I didn't go to that as a near death experience. Um, I don't know what you would call it, but a stalker, freaker, or whatever. Mm. I'm very, very interested in that. My mom had one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've personally eh, never had one. Um, I've came close to dying, but not not seeing angels or the tunnel or anything like that. Can you kind of go tell me about your experience well and so I didn't see any of that yeah I just remember it kind of reminded me of I don't know if you've ever seen those episodes of doctor shows where the person is like knocked out in aesthetics and everything but they're conscious of what's happening Mm-hmm. in their brain and so they're like oh my god I can feel every bit of this but they can't respond because their their physical body is still anesthetized mm-hmm. yeah yes that was kind of what it was like <laughs> because I was wanting to respond and say these things and say no stop um, or like respond at all but I couldn't I was just like in this other realm and I could I could in my mind, I'm like saying, you know, like, but it's not. Is there coming anything out. visual mm-hmm. that you can? No, I can't because I don't even remember if I blacked out or anything. I, um, I, I don't. It was just very like I was just not there, but I yeah. was, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I did feel trapped. Yeah. And I did not like that. Did you see yourself on the table? Mm, no. No. Nothing like that. <laughs> well, I feel like I disappointed you. No, uh, no, no, because everybody's near death experience is different. Is different. Yeah. I guess it, it depends on what you're anticipating for yourself in death. Like if your body feels that happening, your brain probably recognizes it and then manifest would manifest what you and like what you would think your end of life is going to be and I mean if that includes you know the pearly gates and the tunnel and all that stuff then probably like you would start to feel that that's happening for you because it would essentially I think it would be your mind putting itself at rest to know that okay this is how it's happening oh this is you know what were your thoughts on death before this experience? I still wanted to die, but not as bad. <laughs> I, because <laughs> I had, I, I had been struggling with my mental health, but not anywhere near as bad as after. Because <laughs> um, I had been maintaining it. Um, I wasn't going to uh, therapy or anything, but I was taking like antidepressants and um, 
I did have like a semi-nervous breakdown uh, where I was wanting to commit suicide but didn't. Um, And I did have some ideations. But other than that, I was kind of okay. I was just like, all right, I can do this. Because I had a partner and I, things were moving forward with comedy and I was happy with that. And so I still had like material about it. And were they necessarily things that I felt? Yes, but not to the extent that I did when I wrote it. Mm-hmm. So after that happened, I wasn't able to perform. And that crushed me. Yeah. Um, <coughs> And I had lost my secular job at Publix. I couldn't even physically do that work anymore, which was also like crushing because <laughs> I'm like, okay, so what can I do? <laughs> I'm like, I can't do anything because I was so weak. My body was like recuperating from this awful terribleness that had just happened. And so I had like a few months where I was in bed uh, doing nothing, which my partner was thrilled about (laughs) I did start going to therapy um it was weekly and then my partner's like I think you need to go more (laughs) because she was like because I was talking about how like I wish you had let me die which was hard for her to hear but even in the hospital like when it had happened and I like they did the blood transfusions and I was like becoming a little more like lucid I was like look I understand if you want to dip you know because she's 27 (coughs) years old I'm Mm -hmm. like you don't need to be saddled with this like we were engaged to be married um but I was like trying to be realistic I'm like this is a lot like I don't even want to deal with it and how is it going to be for you to have to deal with it if I don't even want to deal with it right And she's like, no, we're going to be together forever. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, this is my Hallmark movie. (laughs) And so um, we are not together anymore. (laughs) Oh, so it's the Black Mirror. Yeah. So um, it was a lot for her to deal with. And like my mental health like declined uh, big time. And I imagine it was like very difficult to be with somebody who was just like, I wish you would just let me die. And she's like, well, it's great to hear that because we have this wonderful life that we have built together and you're just like, let me die. You know, and I was like, yeah, um, they wanted us to have like a power of attorney and all that stuff filled out. And so we were in the process of getting all that filled out. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, like in the instance that any of these things happen, like DNR, like don't just let me go. And she had a hard time with that she was like I don't understand like why she's like I think you need to go to therapy twice a week <laughs> like, that's not going to change anything right um and it really um really uh caused a lot of issues and then like me not being able to do physical work was because, also an because issue because she's a she was a saver mm-hmm. she was a fixer and yeah well um, and she was devoted yeah you know and dedicated up to a point but it was really difficult to put that on her when I wasn't 100 percent on board with it because then she was carrying that full burden and I wasn't carrying my part of it Yeah, but if your physical body and mind is mm-hmm. telling you that you know yeah I don't want to be here it's hard for people to hear but I think that it should be respected I think it should be too and I think the worst part about 
people who are suicidal is the guilt that gets associated with it when people make them feel guilty about that when they're like I want you to stay alive and it's like okay that's great but like you're not the one having to live this life you're not the one having to deal with this you know and just let it go just let oh my god there's too many of us let us go (laughs) (laughs) I had always uh read a lot about Jack Kevorkian and um assisted suicides and Mm -hmm. such and i'm so glad that we're talking about this because it really does not get talked about enough Mm -hmm. here um you know where do you think we go afterward honestly um i don't know i uh, sometimes i just like to believe i don't like to believe it but i just Mm -hmm. believe that I'm going to be rotting in a box or hopefully just in the trash. Like I just don't fawn over, you know what I mean? Like cremate me, whatever the cheapest option is going to be, just do that. Like I don't need to take up this whole elaborate space, you know what I mean? And just to sit there and die and be dead because that's, I feel like sometimes that's all it is. Like we are just sacks. (laughs) We are just sacks, but occupying this earth. Though the consciousness of it all, there's something to that. Yeah, our physical bodies may go back into the earth. I like to believe that. That's what I like to believe. I like to believe that (coughs) there is something more. There has to be. The, The universe is too vast. I do agree with that. Yeah. But I just sometimes I'm just like, there's nothing. (laughs) <laughs> there ain't nothing. What? Because this is a nihilist. <laughs> oh, I get, I get you. I'm just very, just like, wait, I mean, there, this is all for naught. You know, like, um, I remember learning in college about religion, like that. Basically, like religion is the answer to people's question, the ultimate question, like, where do we go after we die? So for me, like any thought into that is just you answering that question to make yourself feel better when in reality like probably just you don't fucking know yeah nobody knows nobody knows yeah. for sure well people know and i'm not i there is too much for me to come back to tell us to have to much. comprehend here in this dimension in this lifetime in this realm to even try to like think about what's happening outside of it I can't even think about what's happening tomorrow future wise, you know, <laughs> to like think about my beyond. I don't, it's too much. I think about when I'm driving and I see all this like new construction and dilapidated buildings. And I just see all this, just this garbage of scenery. I just think at one point this was like beautiful and I'm really high right now too. <laughs> this was just like beautiful land, and look what we humans have done to destroy mm-hmm. all this. And that's what I think about when I'm when I'm driving. And I'm just like, there has to be another, there has to be another dimension where this is not this is not the reality. It is. And, it's in the future because eventually the land takes back over. Yeah, and then we're not here anymore, which I'm okay with, too. In certain parts. I mean, there's places where, you know, it it takes back over. 
I love mm-hmm. seeing like abandoned areas where the like the the nature tr- yeah, yeah yes. trees and everything start to grow back into the walls and everything because they're mm-hmm. just taking over that o- o- occupying that space as they once did yeah and I think for me that's fascinating to watch human like our civilization disappear almost because it's just growing I mean eventually it'll be found because it's going to be dug up later right as as, as the other as civilization yeah. builds on top of it right mm-hmm. but just it's like that cycle of just life taking over and over and over I think I see what you're trying to do here yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna grow into a tree that's what I'm doing I do kind of like that's what I, I'm doing I saw on the tiktok where they like tumble you and, and and essentially you become soil oh I saw yeah. that too and yeah and I was ball. like that's, you know that would be kind of cool yeah I'd yeah. be into that you can be um you can be cremated and have your ashes uh put into a tree and mm-hmm. and be a tree I, I can't yeah. decide if I want to be peach in order to like still give to people and still give fruit or a magnolia I just want to give whatever you know just like use use my body for whatever you know like do something with it but don't make it a shrine to living you know what I mean like if we're if we're gonna get really crazy I think that all bodies should be donated to science yes we should uh find out everything we possibly can Mm -hmm. in every different scenario about the human body and don't have any of this other weirdness about yeah how much land is taken up by uh cemeteries yeah Yeah. and just rotting bodies yep bones upon bones it it was weird my mom in a hundred years they'll pave over it and (laughs) they will it'll be poltergeist My mom and I spent a lot of time in cemeteries together because she, back when like smartphones were just kind of starting to become the thing, um, you could go and scan uh, and take pictures of the headstones and upload them. Like it was volunteer research Mm -hmm. to like record all these headstones and stuff before they could not be recorded anymore. And it was always weird to me to see the really, really, really old ones from like the 1800s that had like Mm -hmm. fresh flowers. And I'm like, who is coming to visit? <laughs> Who's still alive that's coming to visit this person? They made a deal with the Fae. Something. I always thought that was curious. I was no, just like, the, I it depends know. on what they did. They could have been an uh, American Revolution vet. And if the daughters of the American Revolution oh, go yeah. and do things, there's, sometimes there's, just people there's legacy. Put flowers. Things. Yeah. There's a lot of things that maintain and respect. I find it very curious. I was just like. dead. Hmm. You know. Yeah. I get it. I mean, cool. (laughs) But don't. No, I I feel you. I've felt this way since I was 14. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a battle. It's Mm -hmm. a battle. I've lived a long time. Right. And it's it's tough when like. Dreaded life as long as you've been alive. Probably. (laughs) When you get like, and then you keep getting knocked down and you feel like no matter what, like you just keep getting hit. And it's just, it's so debilitating mentally and physically (laughs) and financially and. Never getting out of that ocean right there at the break. (laughs) Right. It's, um, and it's very frustrating to like live like that. And then when there's just so many hateful people that don't care 
enough for the will of other people mm-hmm. to provide infrastructure to take care of these things. It's just like what, you know, but then it becomes like how much of your life do you have to devote to make those things happen? You know? And it's <laughs> like, I don't even have the will to get up every day, let alone <laughs> Neither. try to do things for other people. Battle. <laughs> it's really hard. I so want to be part of the revolution, but I'm fucking tired. I am tired. Like I have a revolution going on every day, <laughs> you know? And, and we as women have had, like it's even harder we're still constantly you know we have they, the we're having to battle. fight other stupid little things and then we fight ourselves yeah we fight. and then we do fight ourselves and it's speaking ugh. of that it's so frustrating so uh now marjorie taylor green is hating on lauren bobert which they were like they were like besties at one point and it's just the whole why can we not all be on one side here because they're still right. brainwashed by men. Oh, agree. For real. Yeah. And it's like, I you always think like, I, I like to, I'm like, eventually they're going to grow out of it though, right? But then I see you like think, the next generation no. of little girls yeah. being formed and, and programmed. Yeah, programmed for mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, oh my God, they're still <laughs> creating them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It doesn't stop. Yeah. I try so And they're younger hard. and they're dumber and with my granddaughter, and I'm trying so hard for that not to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm a mean ass Gigi when I'm like, <laughs> No, we don't do tablets at our house or No, we're not gonna watch Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, or or any of that. Let's mm-hmm. let's do something creative within there. But it's but I can't control what happens when when they get home. she's not in my presence, yeah. and uh, I get that just like TV was a babysitter for Gen us, X. yeah, for Gen X, the tablet can be a babysitter for. Well, the tablet Gen- has been like integrated into their lives as well. Like I went yeah, to, to a school, school. Mm-hmm. and yes. all the kids were given tablets, mm-hmm. and like it was it was part of their it was like a book, it was like checking out a book for the year they had their tablet for the year and I was like would they just give you one <laughs> and I'm like so they're j- they have to have them and so they're like groomed yeah essentially to like rely on all the you know this technology and stuff like that which is wild to me because I'm just like oh my god I still want to hold a book you know <laughs> yeah. I still want to hold a pen I still want to write in cursive you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes but now we can write in cursive and have our own code and mm-hmm. they can't decipher it yeah so, do you know what the conspiracy is about that? No. Them not writing to write in cursive? Uh, so, they can't read the constitutional rights as they're written. Wow. I mean, it wouldn't surprise I mean, me if that was true. Translated, there's been tons of translations and type. It's already unable to be deciphered, at, you know, like with the way that they've trained us to think and read and interpret these things yes it's already so reading it they won't be able to pretty so it won't matter because it's a relic (laughs) at that point you know yeah which might actually not be the worst thing if they can't read that then they have to make another one and hopefully we can have another go at it (laughs) wouldn't that be lovely (laughs) it would be lovely they'd corrupt it the same Maybe. If you, you know, depending. Depending on how many of these children were trained. (laughs) Right? It's true. Oh, it's frightening to think about. 
But that is one thing. Like, I don't want kids. I'll never have kids. I don't have any. I won't ever have any. But I do um, enjoy the thought of being able to shape the mind of a young person going forward. You know, that would be awesome. I kind of do that in spurts. Like, I volunteer for, like, children's programs and stuff like that. So I can kind of touch them a little bit at a time their minds a little bit at a time you know mm-hmm. but it would be fun to kind of like shape a human mind like that it's exhausting i don't <laughs> recommend it <laughs> she's like i hate it <laughs> well oh my gosh yeah she's already shaped four and now yeah so as and we're you're starting tired. on the I'm next just yeah. tired and i didn't do a good job but now you get with to the try first again. four i i know but it's it's the same shit it's they get to a certain point I'm sorry, they're really, really cute when they're babies. Mm-hmm. But when they get to a certain point where they talk and they learn the language of adults. See, the problem is all she does is hang around with adults. So she talks, um, you know, like a 35-year-old woman. <laughs> and worst kind. And it's... <laughs> and, but truly, she doesn't truly. know. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> she doesn't know that what she's saying is coming off as very smart ass and very manipulative. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know that. She's just repeating what she hears from other people. So me being a menopausal woman, <laughs> I just do not just things. I just st- nip it in the bud right mm-hmm. there, you know, and we, time for it anymore. we have a lot. It, I'm just saying it's, it's not the Hallmark movie that you want to see. Oh it's more like mommy dearest. Gigi dearest <laughs> so funny You're like, she just learned a new a word job and she's like it's literally she says it all the time now i literally just ate this banana oh man i love I'm, when they start talking i can't wait like my boss has kids and i can't wait for them to start talking <laughs> they're two right now i was gonna say they should be talking <laughs> they're getting there they're getting they're starting and i'm like mm. <laughs> what kind of words are you gonna teach them my son got up and did comedy for the first time ever at this dave and buster thing and it was he was pretty funny um how I'm biased like, are you being right now though when you say that how did he feel about it he um was nervous you could tell but you know, it was pretty funny. He got a groan, of course, but only because he did a joke about his dad being dead mm. and having an excuse as to why he doesn't ever come to any of his things. <laughs> you know, like now, now at least he has a permanent excuse of that. And then he uh, proceeded to talk about uh, how I beat him with a Hot Wheels track when he was young. <laughs> like, have you ever been hit? By a Hot Wheels track, and uh, didn't you have a joke about hitting your kid with a Hot Wheels track? Probably, <laughs> probably. Do you steal your joke? Because I have, he has stolen some of my material in the past, but um, I don't care. I would gladly write for them and have them get all the mojo. You know, Uh-oh. that oh. wouldn't be a thing. That would be that if either one of them His wanted muse. to do comedy, I would. And you were their writer. You can make it out there. Delivery? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I would like for them to be my writer, actually. Right. Yeah. That would be great. You know? It's pretty Share funny. The load. 
He did a, we roasted my daughter for her last birthday. <laughs> and uh, my favorite thing was RJ's uh, roast of everyone. But her best friend has really big boobs. And um, RJ was like, and, you know, my daughter's friend. Everybody thinks that you are constantly in pain from your back, like in back pain, because of your enormous breast, when we all really know is from you carrying Sarah's relationship, <laughs> yours and Sarah's relationship. Dang. <laughs> like, kapow. It was Dang. I was like, that's over. He won. He did it. <laughs> the roast is oh, done. Oh, man. His, it was good, so it was pretty funny. Um, anyway, it's fun. It's fun being around him. So, so you're that was cool. You're still doing comedy. Well, I just started back. So uh, September of 2021, I went to the, um, there was a comedy festival that I got into with Hillary Begley, uh, Staten Island Comedy Festival. And so we went to New York City. And it was my first time ever performing in that region. And it was so much fun. We like had a, a couple stops that we made on the way and drove up there in my car and I uh, had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> and my partner flew me home. <laughs> and I was like, I'm never getting on stage again. And, um, you know, went further into my depression. And um, so you killed. <laughs> I stopped yeah I stopped performing I stopped performing in September of 2021 and then um just days shy of the one year anniversary of that I got back on stage yeah yeah and so I've been getting back up I've been up um I mean I could probably still count it on my hands how many times I've been up but um doing something completely different than I did before and it's been kind of weird because <laughs> you got new material I do have new material but I'm also trying to incorporate like it was kind of needing to happen because the material that I had was not me anymore because I had mm -hmm. been through so much up until that point and like I've been working on crafting this 20-25 minute feature set and I finally got it but now the material was so old and so not me anymore that it felt so like, uh, like I was having to perform it instead mm -hmm. of, you know, Feeling like an organic. Yeah, it didn't feel organic. It felt like a, a show, like an act that I was putting on. So it didn't feel like me. And and I was also talking about my body in ways that wasn't reflecting because I didn't look the same. So it was hard to talk about being like fat <laughs> and having a huge pussy when I'm like deathly <laughs> ill, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> They're like, but you're so skinny. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't make sense. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, but I did have jokes towards the end that were newer that I still liked. And, I, you know, so I'm trying to like kind of work those things in, see if they fit somewhere in this weird alternate universe that I have for my material now. Um, but I am coming at it with a, a lot of, a lot of heat. <laughs> yeah. A lot of heat. On the life side. <laughs> like, I'm living and I hate it, is basically the theme. <laughs> Sometimes there's balls. 
Once or twice. Christmas ones Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. No, (laughs) man, I've got a weird one that I'm working on right now. I misunderstood what somebody was asking for when they asked if I was into ball busting. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, my mom busted my dad's balls all the time. (laughs) Right. I can certainly verbally abuse you. (laughs) Not what they were asking for. (laughs) That is not what they're looking for. And I was like, too soon. (laughs) I I haven't seen a live penis in five years. But you get to punch the stick. <laughs> yeah, like oh man, thing. really wanted that, and I was like, I don't, oh man, kick them or whatever. I'm sad. I'm not angry right now. You know, like I would just be like, well, you should never, you should never do that in anger anyway. You have to be yeah. very, very controlled. Well, yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing is I don't know much about that. That's why I'm not a good talk. Yeah, because <laughs> I go back to. Uh, you know, being 16 and being picked on by mean girls. And yeah, <laughs> yeah I just I would be so worried that I would damage them. <laughs> I don't know. Like, right. I was just like, bruh. I, the <laughs> medical implications are terrible. <laughs> I was like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm sorry. Stick it in this cage. Yeah. We'll call I'm like, I don't day. think it's weird or anything. It's just not for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't want you to feel bad. I just, it's just not for me. Yeah. <laughs> not right now. I don't know. See, I would be like, well, I'll suck them up in this vacuum cleaner hose oh my god you know i need to we should, we should talk <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm just trying to promote my only fans on the here okay like i wasn't trying to do this to you kills over here let's give you the weirdest tips the worst yeah whatever but i mean you know, what would your only fans dumb. look like uh, hmm? She has one now. I have oh, one. You have one yeah. I actually yeah. started it be, be, to help pay for my medical <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what does your OnlyFans look like? Well, it's me. It's solo only. Mm-hmm. I have to be um, very upfront about it. I get so many offers now where they're like, do you want to do content together? And I'm like, yeah, no, I do, do not. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> not with you. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> you know? Um, JJ. Yeah. I'm like, no, thanks. <laughs> it's just me. It's just me. Um, but uh, I... Just know that there are men, well, I'm pretty sure all my subs are men, that want to see me naked. Um, so, and I've, I've been making a, a decent, I mean, it's nothing like crazy. I'm still broke. <laughs> I'm still like, all right, got a budget, you know? Um, but it's nice to have a little extra something to put towards, like, all these expenses that I have um, that I don't want. So... Showing my body for my health. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's wild. Is that sad? I don't think so. I'm just taking advantage. And sad of. and sad in the way that <laughs> I have to do I that. I feel like yes. No, because that you I have don't to have do- to do that. I could do something else. I could find another way to make that money. The whole point, why sh- why why I should you have, have to do to, that yeah. at all? Should yes. I have to do that? No. Yeah. Should I have to have uh, multiple jobs? No. Yeah. Just to you know pay I mean? for your medications yeah. and such. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that you don't have insurance. I do, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was able to get a really good rate. Um, and so, like, basically what I make for my OnlyFans covers my monthly premium. And then sometimes when they're feeling frisky, they tip me a little extra. I sock it towards, you know, like the tanks of gas to get to Birmingham and... <laughs> Those kind of things. So, come here to Knoxville and do this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I try to use my comedy money for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's 
but it's interesting because it um, it also kind of strokes my ego in a way that I need. Have you met some interesting people? Well, I wouldn't say met them in person yet. Right. But you know what I mean? like, like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But some of the people on there, like I do know in person. Oh. Um, and so they have like my phone number, but they're also following me on Facebook and on Instagram and on OnlyFans now. Does it surprise you yeah. who all subscribes to you that you know? Kind of, but not really. Because some <laughs> of them I like sent the link directly because I know. I'm like, <laughs> the first thing I did was like any guy that had like messaged me where I didn't return their message I just went and responded with my link because I know why they were contacting me you know what I mean so right there you go I was just like I'm not going to talk to them anyway but if I am it's going to be to ask them for money (laughs) yeah so some of them did take up on it some of them didn't respond at all and some of them were like well can I get a free sample and I'm like no (laughs) please don't contact me again Delete. Yeah. So I wish that I could promote it more, but I don't because of my secular job. And I don't want it to reflect poorly on the business. Yeah. Because it's in a very conservative area. So I don't go like hog wild promoting it. But I think if I did, you're unstoppable. I would be rich. But. I don't want to take that leap of faith because I'm also <laughs> right. kind of full of myself sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just going to quit my job and do OnlyFans and then I've got like five subscribers. Right? You have to really hustle. <laughs> you really do. And I just don't know if I have the hustle in me to for that. The 20-year-olds are hustling on OnlyFans. Yeah. You've got to have something, some other type of pizzazz. Yeah. So yeah, I do that, comedy. And that was kind of my <laughs> question, like, what makes your OnlyFans different from anybody else's OnlyFans? Well, I... I've never been on OnlyFans, so I don't know what kind I of OnlyFans I don't do, like, a whole there. lot of... Um, I've started doing videos, so... But you have to pay extra for that. Mm. So I do, like, photo shoots. I like to do themed photo shoots. I have a photographer that I work with. I have a couple of photographers that I work with that love to take pictures of me. So I get to do, like, I did a Halloween one, and I did a Christmas one. I'm going to do a New Year's one, and... He, he just likes to do all kinds of different themes and he has costumes and stuff. And I'm like, yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. He made me a candy cane dildo for Christmas. <laughs> and so we did a video with that. So um, there's like a little bit of creativity there because I'm kind of almost willing to do anything like not everything, but I'm an exhibitionist. So <laughs> I'm like, you know, aiming to please type thing. Um but also, I think the appeal comes from people who know me as a performer, because there are some people who are like, oh, I've seen you on stage before. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird because I don't know who you are because <laughs> it's this anonymous account, <laughs> you know, but they've seen me on stage before. And I guess they just wanted to see what I look like naked, you know, but I'm also up there like on stage and I'm very confident about my body and who I am. So I think they're just like, yeah, I want to see what that looks like. And it's not too shabby but do say so myself <laughs> so there you go what you doing looking at the time yeah it's almost nine well no i don't i don't want you have to get back too late i appreciate that yeah and this has been so fun full of giggles 
I didn't after. bring it down too much. But <laughs> no, no, I, no, no, no. The thing no. is, is with your journey, it's interesting because people expect comics to constantly be like, and they don't realize so much comedy comes from pain, so much pain, trauma, trauma. Yes, yes. So I mean, it's it's wild. It's a lot, and having the elderlies, I've definitely had a lot of trauma and like a lot of drama for a long time long time Mm -hmm. of drama and it never ends and it never ends like it just and a lot of it was new not even (laughs) drama i caused you Mm -hmm. know that's what's crazy like a lot okay i am the creation of this drama Mm -hmm. but there was a lot that you know just didn't just bad luck or weird luck of the draw or mm-hmm. whatever you know so and it keeps coming i yeah, like to that is life say that like um when i was saying like when i talked about my divorce over and over and over it like takes the sting away it does. from does uh, because i just keep saying it out loud you know to strangers no less and, and so it's kind of the same like people are some people are like how do you go on stage and talk about like wanting to die you know because i'm up there t- telling jokes about suicide you know like and I want to die and all these things and people are like how why you know and I'm like every time I say it out loud it makes it less traumatic for myself you know it yeah. makes it a joke so it's kind of like I don't want to kill myself it's you, funny you know it's it's like a joke for you now yeah are you worried about how many people get triggered and what's it been like being <sighs> booked with people and I want to talk to you about booking as well because are you still doing that as much um, booking other people. Yeah. Are you mm-hmm. still booking and booking other people and as yeah. well as performing? Well, so that's still your main job. My main job is still like the booking part of it. The performing is more for myself. It's like cathartic, you know, and mm-hmm. I people have asked me to do shows and there have been some that I've turned down just because it's like too far away. And I'm like, I don't know that I'm ready to like go all the way out to do these shows because my material I'm like I've maybe got five minutes that I'm super happy with (laughs) you know and I can maybe do 10-15 minutes but like I don't know what that's going to be like so I'm still working on building that set again which is also frustrating because it took me so long to do it the first time (laughs) right so trying to do that again is a lot and so people have asked me to do shows and I'm just like I it depends like I'll do them at home so I've, I've already gotten booked for Valentine's Day in Chattanooga, which is kind of nice. cool. I used to get in trouble for getting booked on Valentine's <laughs> Day, and now I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> um, so it's cool, um, but primarily I am just booking for my clients. I have five of them with my production company, FHC Productions. Um, so I have like, I like to say mid-level entertainment. Mm-hmm. They're not like people that you've like necessarily heard of, um, but they're out there, and I know they can do the work because they're all people that I've worked with. And um, I'm putting them out there and trying to help them make their dream come true because I can't do it for myself anymore. So I can't do all this traveling, but you can. (laughs) And so they go out there and they do it and they love it. And it's just fun to help people grow in that sense. That's awesome. And uh, yeah. Very groovy. Groovy, groovy. I'm so sleepy right now. I'm so sorry. I know. I know. It's I'm all right. I'm so sorry. I f- it's this weather, man. I can't. I just want to hibernate. It's gotten very cold. Mm-hmm. And then it got warmer today. But yeah, back to being cold. Yeah. Maybe a blizzard. Well, I had a drag. That would uh, be awesome. Competition last night. Oh. And we got in super, super late. 
and I'm running like on four hours sleep. Yeah. Right now. So now I'm just feeling it. And being in here in this comfortable environment with this fur coat around me, <laughs> I just want yeah. to go to sleep. That's so crazy. I feel bad though. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank you for all your help yesterday because oh. I couldn't have done it without you. It's a lot of details. It is. We definitely should in the future meet up explicitly and get everything a run through if you're going to do. But great things came out of it. So I think so. And also, you know what? I think all we already know we were winners. Oh, and yeah. I think I that you manifested gonna win. Yeah. that thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can commit to the six weeks of whatever, <laughs> you know, because they have, you've got duties to do. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you win. So, so. I, honestly, I think I got like the best kind of thing because I still get a booking there. I don't yes. have to come every, right every week. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like we weren't sure. Did you win? No, she I got first runner up. First runner up. Yeah. In a drag. So uh, it's this thing event. called Monday Night Madness where they put on uh, every Monday night. It's kind of like an open mic kind of thing for drag. You can come and do your little performance and uh then they do it by audience participation and then if you win you can come back for the finale and they they do it for six weeks you don't have to come back every time and perform yeah you just gotta just at the finale you can but you just gotta get a spot in the finale so i won a spot in the finale which was super fucking easy because it was me and one other performer so there's i had a 50 50 chance I brought the preacher number, which always lands, and I knew I was going to have it. Got into the finale, uh, great, you know, entertainment, but I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I was way more prepared this time than I was for the Knoxville Idol pageant in there. Um, And I just told myself, I'm going to win this. I'm going to win it. I knew exactly what I was going to do, and I knew that I knew the audience, and I knew what I was going to do was going to make an impact Mm -hmm. on people. And... Yeah, so I was very, very happy with uh, first runner-up because that means I don't have to go every week. If you win, you got to go every week for six weeks and perform, which, I mean, is great. Right. Yeah, um, great. You get you know, a lot of stage time. Yeah, and you get your name out and, you know, you're making tips and stuff, but I'm, I'm fucking tired. Yeah. Yeah, that show has, don't start till eleven, right? It's like eleven p.m. <laughs> I'm sleeping, thinking about it. But exactly. at least you, she's recognized, and we'll get bookings on shows, a lot more yeah, shows. So the, and that's um, what you wanted. Anyway. Owner of Temptation, which is a drag club in Cookville, um, she saw it, and she gave me really high scores. And I went and met her in, um, afterward, and she was like, "Yeah," she goes, "I would love for you to come." and be there and I thought that's great so the whole thing was just to get my name out and like a personal thing for myself like a personal goal kind of thing there's a lot of stuff that I want to do before I eventually die and yeah yeah and she showed she had the chop she did a great number as a king and then did a number as a queen and she yeah. You know, for switch that shit up. Women doing drag, like a cis woman doing drag. 
Uh, you know, you have to, it's real hard to over accentuate mm -hmm. being a woman, you know, or exaggerate because you look at yourself and, you know, you see that like clearly this is an exaggeration and we've been trained so much to you know you look like a clown or you're over made up or yeah tone it down tone it down so it's I mean it can be really difficult to go you know okay you gotta you gotta have these yeah everything above so. everything else I'm a performer mm -hmm. so that's the way I'm looking at it now I yes. if I like the song I'll be whatever, yes. you know, within there. Besides or, making sure that all of your props and everything stay on oh as God. they should, uh, you got to get bigger. <laughs> Not yourself, bigger. but when you were performing bigger. You were almost there, and you got there at the end, but you just a bit bigger, in my opinion. That's all. Thank you. That would have been the... She was also trying to not win because she didn't want to be there for six weeks. Correct. That's what I think happened, though. I think That's after she after she do. spoke that out, everything else that because technically that should have stayed on. Like we moved it, mm. you know, before you even went down, and it felt, you know, good and stable. I think we're talking about two different things. So I just I got points you know, off for yeah. um, a comb had fell out of my hair. And uh, a brooch, I kind of felt, but the first one, my sandwich had fell out oh, of the thing, it. so that's okay. Um, ah, I didn't see that part, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> so the whole thing were like your props were as okay, I gotcha. Damn it, it's okay, I'm learning. Well, that's good. Well, then I can There's stop a lot of politics too. at these clubs, too. There are, like, they I mean, like you who did they a like. lot. It is, yeah. it is very, you know, and for a long I'm time, surprised there was a club here in Knoxville that didn't even want, um, female performers on the stage. Yeah. That's crazy too. That's I mean, it is wild. Can't we create, you know, like, <laughs> yes. Create. Thank yeah. you. I and I want to live into I want to live in a world where I'm able to do so and not be penalized mm -hmm. for it because I don't make the money that you know somebody else would make. Yeah, I, I'm really on the thing about late uh, late stage capitalism right now. <laughs> I'm ready. For, oh my gosh! I'm ready for the world to either implode mm -hmm. or a revolution. <laughs> Or something. Um, yeah, there was supposed to be a revolution like 10 years ago. But yeah, what happened? happened? Didn't happen. We got fucking tired. I, I don't know. I left the group. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> it's just like, I'm done with this. This is That's why we just, ha I, we just have to continue to create our own community. And, and I'm ready yes. for the commune. Help. And those yeah. that you can help with you know be your own little puddle or pebble in the mm -hmm. glass lake ripple effect of people that you can do, can do. and so yeah try not to go out the fate of ruby ridge where can they find you uh 
Brigitte. I am on the Instagram as Robot Peni. That's who I know you as. Yeah. So if you type in Robot Peni on Google, I'll pop up all over the place. When Gail and I were talking, she was like, I don't think you know her. And I said, well, what's her Instagram? And I, because your name really sounded familiar. It's like, yeah, I know who that is. And then <laughs> she sent me the Instagram. Yes, definitely know her. I know who that broad is. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So, and just Bridget Martin on Facebook. And um, you can also follow the production company, FHC Productions, because I produce shows um, throughout the Southeast. I do them in Asheville, Chattanooga, Ringgold, um, all kinds of different cities. So, uh, hit me up. Yeah. Very cool. How about you, Gail? Gab and Gail time <laughs> on all whatever, all the main ones. The Graham. Follow me on Facebook at Gail Grantham Comedy or Gail Grantham. Either one. I have some room still. And I am <laughs> Braddy Von Beaverhausen on Instagram and Bruce Tonsils on TikTok and Fet. You know what I'm thinking? What are you thinking? I'm thinking to going down to just one name. It's easier. It's what I always recommend my clients recommend to my clients. And Ever. just being a you know, whatever, a non kind of non-binary performer, either not me specifically being non-binary, but you know what I'm saying? Like a, an entertainer. Yeah. In that realm, and just being what called you want Bruce Tonsils. Branding to be Bruce Tonsils. Yeah. Because that's the I original. Like that. That's since 96. Do they oh, have it on all the other platforms? But that's, yeah, all mine is Robot Peni on the mm -hmm. TikTok and the Instagram and the mm -hmm. FET. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's Gag and Gale time on oh. FET. <laughs> I remember you telling me that. But it's, it's Gab and funny. Gale time on TikTok and Instagram, which I guess are the most important platforms at the moment. Yeah. The one, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you can find How's me. How's your you TikTok? You do well. <clears throat> well, I just started posting videos. I was a voyeur for a very long time, so I just started posting my reels um, to the TikTok. So, but they get some views. I have one that kind of spiked and popped a little bit. It had like fifteen hundred views, which mm -hmm. is a lot for me on TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, but somebody was like, "I hate this," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, you must be one of those happy people." <laughs> Get out of here. This isn't oh, meant for you. Oh, with the suicide or whatever. It, yeah. yeah. It was, um, oh, about my dog dying and how oh, I no. wanted to be with her. I'd rather be with my dog because she's dead. <laughs> that was the premise of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like they it. don't love it as much. It was on the day that she died. I was feeling weird. Um, I'm going to get a know. bunch of TikTok followers strictly through crafting. And then I'll <laughs> you go. You probably do, could, though. Like, and then I'll go. That's where all of them you'll bait are. Switch. YouTube. And then <laughs> YouTube crafts. Like, go look at any of them. Mm -hmm. They have minimum 32,000 followers. Crazy town. So, yeah, do it I and tell jokes of, yeah. while you craft. Yeah. That's what all of this crap will be about. But it'll be a cool looking spot to do it, too. Mm hmm. You know, as well as them doing regular comedy as well. As well, as well. As well. You gotta as get, well. Get, get you as one well. of them link trees. Yeah. That's what I know. I need to. I'm trying to get on that stuff. <laughs> I'm so lazy. 
Gosh, I have, like, me other too. Fun things I want to hire somebody else to do all that for when me. We talked yes. about before, like, what level of fame do you want to be at? Dolly Parton. I, I want to be the Dolly Parton of comedy, except she's the Dolly Parton of comedy. But yeah, that was my goal when I started out 10 years ago. I got sidetracked here and there. Hey, the easiest way to, you know, like get followers and get likes is to just honestly steal other people's shit and put it on. I can't do that. That happens so much, though. It's it so crazy. I mean, I just I really loved that Dolly Parton TikTok that that I put on Facebook. I mean, I just really liked it because she talked about her mama and she talked about, mm-hmm. you know, not having any money and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, right now it's got over like 10,000 views. Yeah, but it's Dolly. Oh, that you put on there? Yeah. So it's not like my original material, but I'm benefiting from Oh, you know, like I need stuff. to post yeah, other people's cool it. stuff. Oh. Um, yeah. It's hard. I really, I don't even really like sharing memes. I will occasionally if it really tickles me, Mm -hmm. but I don't even really like sharing memes, just because I'm like, I want people to laugh at my stuff. Oh, I get that. Right, you can make your own memes, but then nobody thinks that that was your joke. I found that out the hard way. That might because when I first came out, people were making memes of jokes that I was doing right and left, and it was like. <laughs> and even if and you watermark it, that will help. Somebody else will yeah, could steal. Yeah. They steal it's it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Ryan Shipley, you know who Ryan is? Mm-hmm. He's had them where other people have, he literally did them that day and that evening. Other groups that are very popular that, you know, are running his meme with their watermark on it. Hmm. <gasps> So it's just crazy. It is. That's, you know, that's what makes me wonder. We did that open mic. There were some influencers, but uh, one of them gave me his actual phone number. So that was wild. Uh, but they have thousands of people, but they've been going and doing uh, open mic comedy, I guess, at different places. Mm-hmm. But they did Dave and Buster's in Sevierville, which <laughs> is the worst. But, um, one of my thoughts was, are you going to really help people out? Or are you there for material? Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. I wonder if they're doing com- comedy bookings. It's a big difference to make content and then another to do stand up. <coughs> you yeah. know, so I don't know. <coughs> Gosh, I don't know why my oh, I feel looking scratchy. So. <laughs> It is. It's getting there. I mean, we are in the dungeon. We could all create NFTs and sell them. That's all over. I don't even know what that means. It's all over. NFTs are like supposed to be. Are you kidding me? Popular right now. Trump just sold like all forty-five thousand of his NFTs. He just sold them. Yep. You could only buy. This is what's interesting. All right, they're ninety-nine dollars a pop. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's there's they're really kind of comical. You should go and look at them but anyway. And and it's just him in like different poses and stuff. They're ninety nine dollars a piece, a hundred quantity cap. So you could buy a hundred. Mm-hmm. And that's your cap right there. So. Since and you could buy it with either I guess you buy it with a cryptocurrency <coughs> within there. But how are you going to make money off of Trump NFTs? 
No, I'm not saying uh, we make our own NFTs. We're not selling Trump's NFTs. I'm just saying that's how you, that's how the money has been made right now. So you just sold all of those. Hmm. $4.5 million. Going straight to him. No kind of, you know, straight his money and everything. What's, what's interesting about that is how much money um, do you have to wait? What's the cap before you have to report how much cash you do? It's 10000 Yeah. $100 cap or a hundred quantity. 9900 Yep. So I kind of think it's a money laundering scheme. Well, that's, I've right heard now. that about like cyber, cyber crypto currency yeah. and all that is just yeah. it's some kind of like weird pyramid scheme stuff. Yeah. And, I, so I, and that dude just got busted too for scamming mm-hmm. uh, billions of dollars from people from crypto currency. I think of the stock market in the same realm mm-hmm. within that. But it's a lot of shuffling. <laughs> A lot of grifting. And we're too nice to get in on that grift. As people. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am. I just, I, I can't. Yeah, I'm not either. There's, it's no, it's not worth it. I don't, unless it's Robin Hood, though. Like, if I was to scam, you know, big corporations out of money and then turn right back around and, Yeah. Which, that's what that dude that just lost the billions and billions of dollars and just got indicted, uh, that's what he said he was doing, was he was making money for the people, or stealing from the rich and giving it to the poor. All right. And keeping a lot of it. Wow. Are you going to, um, are you going to sing with us? I'm so fucking tired. I'm sorry. I'm going to smack myself. Yeah. We thank you so much for joining us today. We do. For this episode. And y'all have a happy holiday. We yes. Won't, we this won't won't release be out. that until after the holidays. <laughs> so uh, you have a happy holiday and manifest good things for the new year. Yeah. We'll see you in 2023. 2023. Are you ready? Yeah, you're taking us out? All right. We thank you so much for listening to Gavin Girl Time. Gavin Girl Time. Gavin Girl Time. Have a happy holiday and manifest good things for the new year. Yeah. We'll see you in 2023. Are you ready? You're taking us out? All right. We thank you so much for listening to Gavin Girl Time. Gavin Girl Time. Gavin Girl Time. Gavin Girl Time.